So we're uh, starting a new series this week. We just finished up the book of James, and uh, we're starting a series called The One Another's. And uh, that is just kind of a term. If you, if you read through your Bible, you'll see a whole bunch of places where it says serve one another, pray for one another, greet one another with a holy kiss. But don't do that now. But, uh, you know, all these different one another's. We have to do this for one another. And um, we uh, and so we're, we're, what we decided to do was divide it into four weeks because there's about 21 another's. And so we divided it up to on the ones that were most talked about uh, during uh, uh, throughout Paul's writings and, and uh, writings of the scripture, the ones that kind of hit the church the most. And uh, and so what, we, what we've uh, done is we've. We've kind of tied it back into James this morning because we're going to be talking about one of the most important things we can do for one another, uh, and that's to encourage each other. And the, 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 the body of Christ, uh, the church, is, is all through Scripture, there's this idea that we're interdependent, that we need each other. That, that, that people in the church need other people in the church for various things. We exercise gifts. So, so the, the church is described as a body in, in Scripture. It's uh, talked about like a family. It's talked about like a community. There's this sense that all of us together need each other. And we we kind of touched base uh, on this, uh, I think it was three or four uh, series ago when we talked about prescription church and how you grow in maturity from dependence. In other words, you need everything from everybody. Then you grow to independence, which means you're... And then you grow to interdependence. And that's the idea that we just all need each other. And so this is where we are right now with the one another's. And we're talking about kind of this idea that you, your faith, me, my faith... Uh, is interdependent on each other. So this morning, I'm going to talk to you about, let me give you an example. We have 30 women gone uh, to the women's retreat, okay? I'm cold, hungry, and tired because my wife is gone and I can barely dress myself. I can't sleep, okay? I'm, I need my wife. Now that focuses more really on dependence and immaturity, but that's where we are. And let me show you what the Bible says real quick, just a couple quick verses. And what we're going to do this morning is instead of having the one point that I normally give, I'm going to give you six points and your notes are blank so that as God begins to speak to you and begins to give you ideas on how you can encourage someone, you can just jot those down. So it says, therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you are also doing. Ch- check this out. It's really cool what Paul does because Paul tells them to encourage each other and then encourages them, right? It says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another uh, up just as you're already doing. You guys are awesome at this. So Paul gives them this command to encourage each other and then in the process encourages them. Check out this one in Hebrews. Uh, there we go. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it's still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. In other words, there's this idea that, that our growth, our faith, how we kind of um, interact with each other, are, there, there's this kind of connectedness that we have. And so this morning, 
I'm going to be talking about six ways that we can encourage each other. And as I'm doing that, I'm hoping, I I was praying this week, that, that as something gets to your mind, and this is the way the Holy Spirit works in my life, usually it's just somebody's name pops in. Has this ever happened to you where you're sitting there and you're like, I need to write so-and-so a note or I need to call this person or I, I need to do this. And, and, and it just pops in for a second and then you don't do anything. And then a week later you find out something and you go, ah, I wish I had, do- I wish I had done that. Or the opposite happens where it pops into your mind. You do it and that person says, I can't tell you how much I needed that right now. This is what we're trying to do this morning is to maybe open our eyes a little bit to how we might encourage each other more. Maybe look at some different ways that we might do that because some of them might be out of your comfort zone. Some of them might be right right in there. So let's uh, let's uh, take a look at it. The first thing is our speech. Now, this is the most, um, you know, this is the one you'd expect. If I were to encourage you, you'd think I'd say something like, hey, have you lost weight? Did you dye your hair? You look nice. That's a nice tie, which is why we did that in the beginning. Don't turn your cell phones off. Don't be nervous that that cell phone went off. I'm going to ask you all to turn them on later. So good. Thank you for the reminder. Keep your cell phones on this morning. I'll explain later. Okay. This idea of speech, right, of of just saying, hey, great job. You're really good at that. We have the power in our speech. And we we spent quite a bit of time uh, last week going over this. So we're not going to go over it a lot this morning. But we spent a lot of bit of time on how our speech has power. The power to bring healing, the power to bring comfort. And it also has the power to destroy in just a second With just a slip of the tongue, with just one careless word. The Bible says in Matthew, Jesus is talking. He says, you know what? At the day of judgment, you're going to be held accountable for every careless word you've spoken. I crossed that out in my Bible, but uh, (laughs) because that's tough. But listen what it says. And we talked about this verse from last week. So this will be review for us. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Period, end of story. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Now, you can argue all day long about what that means, what's unwholesome talk. You can beat people over the head with it. But the Holy Spirit is talking to you and to me saying, hey, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Now watch what he says. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Part of our responsibility as the church, as the body of Christ, as a family, is to build each other up according to our needs. Again, we talked about this last week, so it's a little bit of review. But we have this possibility. You know, it's amazing to me. Um, My wife and I have been married for 22 years, and um, there's a really good shot now that we're not going to get divorced. So I'm happy about that. Um, But I I have my, I love my wife. We dated for six years before we got married. So we've been together for 28 years. Like I know her, I know her better than anyone on the planet. She knows me better than anyone on the planet. And you know what I found that's just remarkable? I still really, really appreciate when she encourages me. Like even when I know she's lying and she's just trying to do it to encourage me, I still, I still appreciate it. So much so that sometimes I'll do this. Oh, you've probably never done this. But she'll say something like, um, 
hey, you did a really good job on that, you know, thing. And I'll go, I'm sorry, what? I had already heard what she said. I know what she said. I know what she's going to say. But it just, doesn't it just feel good to hear it again? Then I got my, I got, because on my phone, I got this recorder. I'm like, you know, can you speak up a little bit? Because I got these recorded. And it's not because she never talks to me like that. It's just all of us, we need to be built up. We need to be encouraged. And I'm pretty, you know, happy. It's not like I've lived a life of, you know, it's like, oh, finally, a positive word, right? But isn't that weird? Have you ever done that? Have you, ever, you don't have to show of hands, but have you ever faked like you didn't hear because you wanted to hear it again? No, you haven't. Okay, well, as the worship band returns, we're going to, no, it's just, it's awesome. Listen, we're all the same in this. And we all have the possibility with maybe a little kid or someone to speak these words of health and encouragement that, that, that makes their life better moving on. What an incredible responsibility we have with our words to not let any unwholesome word come out, but only such a word that's good to help, to help them, to edify them, to build them up according to the need of the moment. It's amazing. So you can, uh, you can use your speech is there anyone today you can think of where you need to talk to them, encourage them, love them? If so, write, write it down on your list there. The second way we can encourage one another is with the scriptures. The thing about the Bible, it is totally packed with words of encouragement. Sometimes they're in the form of stories that we have that we can see someone going through a lot of trials like Job, uh, some, some place where we see redemption, where we, we think that person was useless and yet they were used by God. This idea that, that uh, there's encouraging uh, proverbs, there's encouraging psalms. It says um, in the Bible to uh, build one another up, to speak to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. This is a big part of being the church is that the scripture is incredibly encouraging. And the cool thing is, you don't have to know where it's found. You don't have to have it memorized. It's just the concept of what God, through, through his son, or whatever it is. I, it, it would look something like this. I, I was talking to a gentleman a couple weeks ago. And he's telling me his story. And I don't relate to this story at all. What he's gone through in his life, I never imagined going through. And I don't, I'm afraid to say something because it might be, you know, I don't know. I just don't, I, I didn't feel like I could do anything. And then God brought the scripture to mind of the 23rd Psalm. The, the Psalm, I mean, if you've been to two funerals, you probably have it memorized, right? I mean, we, we know this Psalm, we've, everybody knows this Psalm. And I start thinking to myself, you know what? The Lord is this guy's shepherd. I know what he's going through right now, but he's going to make him lie down in green pastures. He's going to lead him beside quiet waters. I'm just like, man, you know, so I said to him, I said, you know, I, I can't even begin to understand where you're coming from. But here's what I know about God. I said, you know, even though right now you're going through this valley of the shadow of death, he's going to see you through it. And we just start talking about this and you just see him get encouraged. I I probably butchered the verse. I probably didn't, you know, I probably said it was the 24th something. Who knows what happened? All I was doing was just speaking the scriptures. They're so encouraging. There's, there's scriptures all over. You've probably had this happen to, your, to you while you're reading the Bible. You go, man, 
you know, I need to call so-and-so who's going through this. And you go, you know, I just read this unbelievable scripture. This is our job as the body of Christ, as a family, to encourage each other with the scriptures. Look what it says here in Romans. It says, For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Is there anyone in your life right now that needs hope? That needs a scripture? Needs you to maybe call them up and kind of share? Uh, when, you read, when you read the scriptures in your, in your daily time in the word or whatever time it is, do you, do you look and you go, you know what, that would work really well. That's our job when we go to the scriptures is to see not only for myself and what the Holy Spirit's saying to me, but is there someone else? The Bible calls it having a unity of mind. That we'd all be thinking about each other, the scriptures. A third way we can encourage each other is through our faith. That in fact, your faith may encourage me and my faith may encourage you. That actually with you guys and me and all of us kind of growing in Christ, there's this excitement and encouragement. Have you ever experienced that? Where you meet somebody and you go, yeah, that's, that's who I want to be. That's what I want to do. I, I have a friend named John and he's a hunter and this might, uh, he might be a, offended by this but he kills a lot of animals and uh when you go to his house he's got the heads of these animals all over now before you send me an email or a discouraging text um he's really into conservation he's super into the planet he donates all this money he talks all about the management of species and he's got it all down but he's just got heads in his house everywhere so we go there every christmas they're called mounts by the way which i found out last night at the men's worship night <laughs> okay um and uh and, and so he, he he usually during dinner tells a story about hunting and this guy first of all he's like he's like super attractive and he's like ripped and he married a model and and he's got lots of guns i mean he is like the man i mean you just want to become more manly you know i've got hairier arms than him but that's about it and so he tells these stories he talks about being in you know and then we didn't see anything and you know we had to be in a uh, um, uh, a tent and then you know and then when we shot the animal you know it was 400 pounds and we had to gut it right there and i'm like oh that's disgusting, but I want to be like that. I want to be a man, right? Because he's so passionate about it, and it's just, it's just awesome. That is our job as Christians. Our job as Christians for one another is to, you've seen it in other ways. Maybe you, you have a friend who's lost a lot of weight, and so when you see them, you're like looking at this transformation of their body, and you're like, oh, you know, and you start asking questions. Wow, have you lost weight? Yeah, what have you done? And, and there's this encouragement. Their success, their passion, their kind of witness of what it is, is an encouragement to you. And you know what I've noticed about people who lose weight? They never say, oh, don't even try it. You'll never do it. They're really encouraging. Like this hunter guy, he's like, you should get a gun. You should take safety classes. You got it. You got to do it. You can do it. You are man enough to do it. And I'm like, yeah, Lisa's like, you can't even bring the groceries in from Costco. And you're going to go bag like a 400 pound animal. 
No, you're not, right? She's very discouraging. But, uh, but this is our job as Christians. And with that, isn't that an incredible responsibility? That, that my faith might actually help you along in yours. L- listen to what Paul says. Paul was like this super spiritual guy. And look, listen to what he says in Romans 1.11. For I long to see you so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you. That you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. That's our job as Christians. So so you might not have a reason for getting rid of that encumbrance, that thing that's always been in your life. It's kind of, you know, you're thinking, oh, you know what? I'm doing pretty good. For you, you might not have a reason. But for that person who really struggles in that area, you might. As you kind of come into a situation, maybe you got some buddies and the thing you guys do all the time is just put people down because you've done it ever since you were in junior high and you never kind of worked it out of your system or whatever. And so that's your thing. And all of a sudden you're going, you know what? By me participating in this, I'm holding us back. And so I'm going to try and make it to the next level. Even knowing that they're going to rip me to shred. No, right? I'm, I'm going to do it. My faith might encourage their faith that might have lasting kingdom impact. That's exciting. That's our job. Okay? Our faith. Number four. Notes of encouragement. There are some in here that are really good at this. There's a scripture verse for this. And now we have on ours, we've got uh, email, text, uh, yeah, tweets, Facebook posts, postcards. I mean, in our his- world history, it has never been easier to encourage someone than right now. <laughs> it is so easy to go on Facebook and just write a note of encouragement. It's so easy to send a postcard. It's easy to tweet something. My phone's going on right now. Oh, my brother's team is losing three to two i thought it was a note of encouragement turn your cell phones on okay here's what we're going to do definitely turn them on because when we get to the quiet part of our worship maybe god is telling you to text somebody a note of encouragement maybe that's your thing that's your note now there's one thing you should never do in in, an encouragement and that is send uh emails that have any kittens in them that is not encouraging, okay? I get those all the time. Stop that. Kittens become cats. And I, okay, take it out. I don't want, yeah, there you go. Okay, that was just a joke. I was just thinking about that. I get kitten email. We can, it is so easy to encourage each other now. We got to, have you ever had this happen in your family? Somebody gets an email and says, hey, check this out. Come here. And you guys read it together and the whole family's encouraged. We have a friend who's a missionary in Indonesia. And when he sends us an email, it's like the whole family gets encouraged about what God is doing. It is awesome to see what's going on. And it's just, it's just an email. It's very simple. A note, very simple. There might be, is there someone you need to text? Listen to what happened with this letter that came uh, from Antioch. Listen. So when they were sent away, they went down to Antioch. And having gathered the congregation, they delivered the letter. When they read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. We support um, ELI here, and um, Don Rogers is going to be coming and speaking to us on December 4th. 
and we get his newsletters, and they are so encouraging. These letters that we get by email that says, this is what God's doing in these orphanages and in these villages. It's just a, a word of encouragement. Is there someone that needs a note this week from you? Something that just says, hey, I was thinking about you. Maybe you need to send a text to somebody or get on somebody's Facebook and go, you know what? I'm going to spend the next half an hour and I'm going to encourage 10 people on their Facebook wall. It's fun. (laughs) It is a blast to do that. It gets kind of addicting. And the people, people love being encouraged. And they'll, they'll send stuff back. Well, you know, I'm not really good at that. You know, thanks for saying something. They, they love it. They love it. It's really cool. Number f- uh, five. No, well, I've saved the best one for last. This isn't uh, the last one. Connectedness. I didn't know what else to call it. But there's something really encouraging. And Alex was mentioning it um, this morning when he was talking about this idea that we're connected that he would go and lead worship in northern california and tell them about the baptisms that took place last week here and how encouraged they are from our baptism we send up our worship leader they're encouraged by that there's just something about being connected with the greater body of christ and now more than ever we're connected like i mentioned my friend in indonesia who's a who's a missionary a hundred years ago, I hardly ever would have gotten anything from him to encourage him. But I, I can do that. I can share stories. People blog. I mean, there, there are so many ways to be encouraged. I want to show you these two verses because they're really cool together. So go ahead and put them both up there. So um, Paul's writing two letters, the letter to the Philippians and the letter to the Colossians. And watch what he says. To the Philippians, he says... I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly so that I may be encouraged when I learn of your condition. In other words, I'm sending Timothy there because I want to hear about you guys. I want to hear what's going on. I want to be connected to what, how God's moving. So I'll be encouraged. Now watch what he says to the Colossian church. For I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. You see that connectedness? It's that Paul wants to be encouraged by what he sees God is doing in the lives of those churches that he cares about, but he also wants to give encouragement as, he, as, he, as they see what's going on in, in his life. Is there somebody you need to connect with? Is there a missionary's uh, newsletter you need to subscribe to just to kind of get connected to outside our four little walls and think, man, you know, there's... There's there's a whole kingdom that God is moving out there. God's moving through the Muslim community. God's moving. I mean, he's he's just moving. He's moving among the rich, among the poor. God is just, his spirit is moving right now. It's fun to be a part of. It's fun to be connected to it. This is why I love being part of a denomination. I love the free Methodist denomination for the very reason, not because it pits itself against some other denomination, but I get all the stories of what's happening in the churches all around us. People getting baptized, people coming to Christ, um, uh, miracles that are happening all over. I love being connected and it's really easy to be connected now. All right, the last one. 
a last way. And, and there's, there's so many more. I just didn't want to go all morning on this. My hope this morning was that the Spirit of God would begin to kind of encourage you like he has me uh, to be a, more encouraging to those around us to build each other up. The last one is presence. Presence. Okay, it's not that presence. Sorry. We'll flame that out. Go. That was for Nate. Nate loves the flames. Presence. Your very presence might be the thing of radical encouragement to somebody. When I became a pastor, um, carry the four, uh, six years ago, um, I had to go to the hospital for the first time and visit somebody. And I was scared to death because I was afraid, like, I felt all the pressure of like having to pray for them so that they'd be healed because I was the pastor. And so if I prayed, they'd be healed. And so I called my friend and I said, what do you do when you go to the hospital? He said, I don't do anything. I just go. I said, well, you got to have a verse that you quote. I mean, you know, even the 23rd Psalm, we do it at funerals. We can't do it in the hospital. Nope, I don't have a verse. Do you have a song you sing or is there anything you do or say that can help encourage anybody? Do you like bust into the ICU and go never, you know, I've got my Bible, I'm here. Like, what do you do when you visit someone at the hospital? And he said, you don't do anything, you're just there. And I did, I couldn't believe, I couldn't wrap my head around, I couldn't believe it. I can't get paid just to be there. Like, this is my job now. You know what? After many hospital visits, house visits, all that, just be present. Sometimes for your kids, just be there. It's so encouraging just to be there. You don't have to coach. You don't have to do, you're just there. Sometimes for your spouse, just being there is so encouraging to them. And we've all experienced it in one way or another. If you've ever played sports or whatever, or you've been a musician, or you've been involved in something to have your parents show up uh, to see them there. You ever see uh, the Disney movies, right? They play on this emotion where, you know, the one, you know, girl uh, plays, uh, you know, he wants her to be, the dad wants her to be into chess and she really wants to dance and, you know, da, da, da. And they go through this thing and she, he's like, but you always wanted to be a chess player. And she said, no, dad, you always wanted me to be, you know, that whole thing. And then finally she decides to dance and she goes to the recital and there she's dancing and she looks up and here he comes in, right? Why, why does that work every time? I mean, it's a Disney formula. They make millions. You're, you know, why? Because he showed up. There's something about being present, that's important. If you're involved in a small group, attend regularly. It is a huge encouragement, not only to the people running to the small group, but to those who are also attending. If there's something going on, and you can take this outside the church. If there's something going on at work, they're having a department party or whatever, just show up. It's a huge blessing. It's being Christ to those people. Let me read this uh, scripture and then we'll, uh, we'll take communion together. <clears throat> I've divided it up into two spots. It says this, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider, let's ponder, let's think about, and this is what we've been doing this morning. 
how do we consider, how do we ponder, how do we say, man, how do I stimulate one another to love and good deeds? How do I do that? Do I send them a, 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 a note? Do I, do I go up and talk to them? Do I um, post on their Facebook? Like, how do I do that? How can I stimulate? And then, and then the writer of Hebrews goes into what not to do. Okay, if you want to consider how to stimulate love and good deeds, here's what you don't do. And it says this, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some. Now, I know this is going to sound like a guilt trip from a pastor. It's not. It's not a guilt trip. If you got a soccer game, go to a soccer game. I, to me, personally, I don't, I'm not going to monitor who's here and who's not. But I do know this. As a, as a community... When we value meeting together, people are encouraged. Because I get the emails. I got the emails from last week when we had those baptisms. And there were a lot of people here and we were praising God. It was an awesome Sunday. I was getting those emails. There was being present, being here for the sole purpose of just experiencing God together in the same location is really highly encouraging to those around you. And so maybe it is. Maybe it's in your home. Maybe you're just working way too much and you're not around. And your kids and your spouse are starting to get the drain of you not being there. And then you are and it's like, ah, there's this sense of being present. Is there some place you need to be this week? Maybe it's a place you don't want to go. Maybe it's a party. And you know, oh man, I don't want to go to that party. I don't even know. Why did I even get invited to that party? But you know if you show up, it's going to be a great source of encouragement to that person. Is there, is there something going on at home? You need to be there. Is there something going on at work where maybe somebody's doing something and they're trying to, they're doing the best they can and you're just going to say, you know, I, I'm here to support you. When you're there, the Spirit of God is there too. 